welcome to the Spiritual Soaps podcast with me, your host, India Majuri, also known as The Energy Coach. I am a soul alignment healer and spiritual mentor on a mission to help you realign to your soul's purpose. That means let's wash away the ideas and myths of how you think you should be and let's reconnect you back in with your soul. I want you to celebrate yourself in your perfect imperfections as I know you are truly magic. I just literally want you to see it too. In these episodes, I offer you stories, truths and deep conversations to help you expand your awareness and inspire healthy conversations, just like watching your favourite soap opera. If you've been finding yourself asking who am I and what is my purpose, Stay tuned for the next juicy episode, or you can also reach out via my Instagram page or website, which is linked in the show notes, to find out more about my one-to-one soul alignment healing and spiritual mentoring programs. Be prepared to have fun, laugh, cry and joke around, all in aid of washing away what's holding you back. Welcome to another episode of Spiritual Soaps. I am literally so excited and grateful that you have joined and listened in this episode. Uh, Today, I interview the fabulous self-love Lydia. Uh, We go through grief and trauma and how to overcome certain emotions and giving yourself compassion and building self-love and self-worth within yourself. It's a really inspiring conversation and I'm, I'm excited to share this with you today. Uh, Later on in the episode, Lydia does mention the power cup, well, the internet meltdown that we experienced. However, through the power of technology, you will probably not recognise when that moment was. So just to give what she uh, mentions reference, there was about, I think the internet went for about 10, 15 minutes. uh, But, you know, we picked ourselves up and we carried on. And now you won't even recognise when that moment was. Uh, So, hey, how we overcome challenges. Enjoy this conversation and looking forward to hear all your thoughts. Sending you lots of love. Today we have self-love Lydia joining us. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. It's so amazing to have you here and it's just such a, um, a, you know, what everything you're about, about self-love and just being yourself and not, not needing to prove anything to anyone is such a important topic and an important conversation to have especially amongst women and I couldn't have thought of a better guest to have on to talk about self-love so it's really really exciting to have you here would you mind sharing a little bit about yourself and what exactly is it that you do yeah so I am Lydia McCartney self-love coach and I essentially coach women to live a life with self-love and the thing for me is self-love encompasses so many areas so I do trauma coaching I do body empowerment coaching I do work around sexual liberation um and there's just for me self-love because it is involved in everything it gives me so much scope to work with clients so it's such a beautiful process um, I also run programs I've got a podcast and essentially I'm just like a young woman trying to spread this big message of self-love and trying to help as many women as possible connect to that because I truly believe that it is life-changing and I'm so passionate about women connecting to that because I feel like it's so normalized for us to not love ourselves and since I realized that I'm like no something needs to change and I just try every day to change that. Mm, I love that I love that well thank you for for stepping forward thank you for sharing this too and and sharing your gift to everyone because it's it's something that can so easily be missed and when you every day you wake up you just get stuck in this this routine where you're not aware of how you speak to yourself or you're not aware of your thought processes you put everyone else first and all these things so it's important to have these the regular check-ins so it's important to 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 receive your message so thank you and what is it so how did you get into self-love like I'm guessing and I do know actually but you haven't always been so confident you haven't always expressed this so like what was the the turning point for you to be like hang on a minute 
what is going on here you know what like I always get asked that and what's really interesting is I don't really recall a moment where it was like boom everything changed I think over time there's always been this progressive theme in my life where I've had to come back to self-love but I never really knew it was that like I've always had to have my own back and support myself for things and I think if I could say like a time that it did begin to massively shift was 2018 I just my life as I knew it I guess just I woke up and I was like this is not the life for me like this is not what I want and I had a job that I'd worked really hard to get I had a stable relationship with somebody that I'd moved in with and I just woke up one day and I was like whoa this is not for me like this is not what I want like things are going too fast and I've got no control over what's happening um and in a way like I did have control but you know when you just think you're not consciously thinking about it you're just going through the motions of life and I was really like unhappy and I just think that realization set in one day and I was like oh my god I'm actually not happy with everything that's going on So I think that year for me was when I had like a massive spiritual awakening and, you know, I was heavily into the gym and I was really consumed by body image and how I looked. And I was basically in that space of needing validation and the gym was giving me validation. And what had just happened is prior to this, I was in a relationship that was quite negative and really chipped away at my self-worth so all that happened is I left that relationship and the lack of self-worth just crossed over into the gym and it was my body then that I just constantly wanted validation for and it just I hit like a breaking point in 2018 like I got a binge eating habit I was on the verge of getting like really bad body dysmorphia I was unhappy with everything I was just exhausted burning out working so hard And I just was like, I'm not doing it anymore. Like, I just don't want to do it. And I just quit everything. And I just got a backpack and I just went traveling around Asia. And I think that was for me, that cliche story that we say. But I think that was, that for me was the first time in my life I'd had space on my own because I'd always been in relationships. I'd never fully been on my own. And it was so liberating. And I think that's truly where I began to tap into self-love and really think about things a bit more expansively. Mm, I I get that it's so it's so easy to carry on with, in the rat race depending on whether you are in that nine to five or, or self, self-employed or whatever that looks like to you it's still a rat race and it can get so claustrophobic can't it and it's it's so important just to step away to clear clear your head I love I love that story what does because I've spoken about spiritual awakenings in the podcast and yeah. what what did that look like for you because I I I don't like saying that word because it can be very scary and it's so different with everyone else. Like everyone is so different. I mean, so what did, what does a spiritual awakening, what did it look like for you at that point? You know, I think it was more like I've been asked about this before. And I think for me, a spiritual awakening is more a feeling and a shift. That's how I would define it. Um, It's not something I think that you can articulate into words and tell people this is what they're looking for or say to people this is what it is because as you said so different for everybody but I think for me it was just a process of noticing that my thoughts began to shift and at the time I was doing like reading and um, learning and I think the biggest thing honestly was just having this moment where I was like I'm so small and the world is so big and there's so much to it and I'm here for like that and I'm gone like I'm here for such a short time and I think that was for me what what the awakening was that realization that oh my god like yeah we have one life we're not here for very long and I I'm so consumed in my thoughts and like everything going on in my life and things that don't even matter in terms of like body image and food and diet and I just, it's like I just opened my eyes and looked up. That's how I would describe it. Mm. That's a beautiful way of, of describing it. I think what's really helped me with, with my personal development is sort of 
recognizing like it, it well this does not matter <laughs> like you said it's for you it's the body dysmorphia like body image yeah doesn't matter and um all these other things like okay I've got in my overdraft you know that was like a running theme of, of my life and it used to stress me out but it doesn't matter <laughs> if I ignored it and just carried on and you know <clears throat> excuse me then it would keep going down and down and down but like obviously address the situation and keep moving forwards but actually it doesn't matter you know but start start addressing the situations what can I do what can I change but there doesn't need to be this extra emotion towards it because I think the collective there's a big collective wound of feeling that the world is happening to us and that in this moment this moment is happening to us but predominantly this world is happening for us and we are just like this fraction in this big expansive infinite space and and that just blows my mind thinking about that and that kind of helps me just sort of realign and just be like hang on we're all working together like we're like ants we all work together we all have different like purposes yeah I think as well one of the big things for me that really shifted my perspective on life is I was always like petrified of death all the time Mm. and like to the point where it would make you know when you just like sit in bed sometimes like when you I, I used to get this as like a teenager and I'd start thinking about all these really horrible situations and my anxiety would be through the roof and it's because I was so fearful of death and I think that fear truly stopped me living and I think when I went away to when I went on my travels I was listening to podcasts and stuff around death like Tony Robbins and um Esther Perel and it was just like oh my god yeah we're gonna die (laughs) and I'm wasting so much precious time and I think that really helped me connect to self-love as well and just life and I know that's quite bizarre because people will be like death and I'm like yeah because we're so as a culture afraid of death mm-hmm. death is such a negative thing it's such a sad thing it's something that we just we don't want to think about and honestly I believe that that's what stops us truly living because we 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 don't want to think about the fact that we're not going to be here at one point it's like we're just infinite but the reality is we're not infinite so make the most of life whilst whilst you've got it because you only get one shot yeah that's true and like with the spiritual work that I do, like I connect with a lot with, uh, you know, my family that have passed, like my granddad is still very much like connected to me and I receive messages from him and other loved ones that, that I've lost. And also, you know, access to spirit guides and stuff. And this is quite, you know, woo woo. We're on a spiritual steps podcast. It's going to go that way. But um, you then start realizing it's just, shift in your reality like that soul that feeling will always be there that connection will always be there it's just in a different way you're not seeing with your eyes you're seeing with this third dimensional eye and experiencing it in a in a different way which is which is scary like change is scary you know we all want change like if you I suppose if you look back at where you were uh, at that point of the, of that breakup and you saw yourself now you'd be like yeah right but also I'm sure the transition in between there and now was was a rough ride and you may have lost friends or gained friends or you know yeah. all of your situation around you surroundings would have changed and that's really daunting isn't it yeah and that's often when I coach people is one of the biggest things they struggle with and it's it's a part of the process that I think a lot of people may go oh well, that's not gonna happen to me because I've got really good friends and we've been friends for years but the reality is when you when you go more towards the light it triggers people's darkness and even if those people have been your lifelong friends people don't like it when people change because there's that automatic assumption of oh well she thinks she's better oh well look at her preaching now it's like people don't like to believe that people can change and we hold a lot of grudges against people and it is part of the process of losing people and it's it's difficult and it's 
you know there's some very lonely moments when you're on this journey but I think there's so much like magic and profound power in those moments and they're always the moments that people skip over like they want to get past those moments and I always say to my clients if they're having a difficult time and like you're missing the point of what it is trying to show you like you're trying to push past the the struggles and you need to sit in the struggles like because you're gonna get so much from that and then when they realize that they're like oh yeah I'm waking up every single day just trying to block out what's going on and get to feeling good again and I'm like doesn't work like that like if you're on this journey you're committed to the journey no matter what's showing up in it Mm, especially now there's that positivity uh toxicity I call it where it's like be positive 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 and everyone thinks that when you're not positive then something bad's gonna happen I remember oh my gosh I remember reading when I read Secret um I think that's probably the start of a lot of people's awareness opening but me and my friend Rory we used to just sit and have coffee and just talk for hours and like dissect that book and any sort of negative thought we have like oh my gosh I'm gonna manifest myself getting run over and and oh like we were so stressed (laughs) because like if we weren't positive then our life is just gonna be awful but it is so important just to sit and and like all emotions are meant to be felt all emotions and as a as a child growing up I don't think we're ever we don't really understand emotions do we do we ever get an understanding I don't I don't think we do no no and the thing is we've we like society has labeled things as good and bad but Mm. who says it's good and bad like it's just a label it's just a construct that's being put there when the reality is there's a full spectrum of emotions and yet some feel better than others but it doesn't mean the good and the bad and I I also it's interesting what you say about the um the manifesting because working with trauma clients this is one thing that really grinds my gears is that that whole toxic positivity manifest vibe on Instagram social media because I've had trauma clients say to me did I manifest what happened to me is it my fault that it happened because I follow this coach that's talking about the end what you think about you happens or everything happens to you for a reason and they're like I just don't understand the reason why this happens and I'm like let me tell you this right now you never ever manifest things like that that happen to you like this notion that everything that comes your way is coming for a reason and I guess in some elements we can make sense of that but when someone experiences something traumatic there's no way to really process that or make sense of that in in terms of like what is this trying to teach me and what is this trying to show me so I totally agree with your point around the toxic positivity slash manifesting mm. I mean it's such a fine line and like I thought I've 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 unpicked this for a long time and I'm I'm still unpicking it uh yeah and I don't know if I'll ever not unpick it but personally how I feel like how I've sort of balanced this out is there's obviously so many levels to our growth and when you are in a certain space of real emotion like real 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 emotion like grief or just experience trauma or just really uh expanse not expansive that's not the explosive emotion the only place that you need to be is just with yourself and allowing yourself to be or release or cry or or seek help and comfort and nurture you don't need to learn any lessons (laughs) like you don't need to learn that's not that's not the space that you're in once no. you've stepped out of that explosion or when that rubble starts to settle, then maybe if that's the right time, you can start seeking how, how can I change this pattern that I'm in or how can I stop this happening again? Or, you know, this next, say, for example, it is a relationship. You know, is this other person that I, I like? Is this person going to is that person like the previous one? And that's when you can start unpicking and learning and growing and yeah. maybe changing thought patterns or, or sort of subconscious healing. Yeah. That's that's where I feel. But I don't know what yeah. do you think of that. 
No, I totally agree with that because last year I experienced grief for the first time and oh, it was like a train that absolutely knocked me off my feet. So I lost my nana last year and I, without doing it on purpose, kind of went to, well, I never kind of did. I just shared the whole process on social media because it was quite therapeutic for me. Um, and I just shared the whole raw, unedited, didn't hold anything back version of losing somebody and what that looks like and the emotions that you go through and the amount of people that messaged me when I put that up was insane. And they were saying to me, I've never, you've, you've made me realise I've never grieved the loss of my dad 10 years ago. You've made me realise that grief is okay. You've made me realise that it's okay for me to feel like my world ended. And I was like, yeah. And why that was so nice is because when I was then stepping into the world of, you know, my family dealing with the loss of me now, and it was very much that typical British culture of stiff upper lip, now I'm fine, let's clear everything out, let's sort the funeral, asking people if they're okay. And they were saying, yeah. And I'm thinking, well, Nan only died like a week ago. So how are you okay? Because I'm not okay because my world's fallen apart. And it really made me like unapologetic at my grief. And I think that was massive for me because I didn't care if if people were uncomfortable, if they were asking me if I was okay. And I was saying, no, I'm not. I didn't care that I would sit in my car and just cry my eyes out and there was people in cars next to me. Like it was just the full process of going through it. And I totally agree with what you said. In the, in the space, there was absolutely no lessons, to be honest. There was nothing that was happening apart from consuming grief at that time and it was a process for me to fully get through it now I've come out of it I say this all the time the amount of lessons that woman left me give me when she left this earth is I'm forever forever grateful because now I can reflect back on that space I'm like wow she done that like she gave me so much and I'm very grateful for the experience and I'm very grateful that she went when she did go and there's a lot of, I wouldn't say lessons, but I think there was a lot of growth and a lot of rapid growth in that period. But I think that come because I fully consumed myself in the grief. Like I, if I was angry, I just expressed that anger. You know, I was a mess, but I was a mess. And then I come off the other side of it where I know there's people who don't process their emotions and don't sit in those emotions and are still struggling mm. and it still shows up. Mm, it does and I you know we always sweep well because they're collective the stiff upper lip English you know UK yeah. British version um sweep it under the carpet I'm fine but then that pile just gets so heavy and you see this bulge under the carpet you can't hide it and it will come out in so many different ways like so many different ways it's impossible to even describe what those ways are because ev everyone is different yeah. it's just that explosion but I like I just wanted to highlight <clears throat> excuse me what you said they weren't really lessons it was growth uh, I like that's mu a much uh, nicer or more fitting word to use I think lessons sometimes can be misconstrued so it is growth, yeah. isn't it? So when you lose someone or something really horrific happens, I suppose when you use that word lesson, even when you're in that in that space of, you know, after you've stepped out of, of just being and releasing lessons, it's still quite harsh, isn't it? Like, why is my, why have I lost that person? What lesson is that? Whereas actually growth, growth is a much more fitting word because you know, especially with grief, when you lose someone, that part, even though you may feel connected with them in, you know, a spiritual sense, there is a part yeah. of you that that kind of leaves with them. And and that that's where the growth comes in. So I just wanted to highlight what you said there. Um, and I think, or I feel that when when we are grieving, it can be so, the emotions can be so extreme that mm. sometimes the only thing you can do is sweep it under the carpet because yeah. you have to survive. 
but I also just want to highlight to, to the listeners that doesn't matter when you start opening that door and when you start looking at that grief, if, if you realize you haven't grieved, there's, there's, there'll always be a, an opportunity to do that. And there's, it's never too late. It's never too late to look into that. No, it's definitely not. And it never, the thing is like, it doesn't, like you said, it never goes. Like it was only last night I was like sobbing about losing me now. <laughs> mm. Because I've just transitioned and done, done something in my life, moved house. And that grief has massively showed up again. And then it'll subside and then something else will happen and it'll show up again. And I think when you've experienced something, like I always say this to women who've experienced trauma, they have this like desire to, heal and I'm like there's some things that you don't heal from you heal in a way but you don't you you just learn to live with with the thing that you've experienced so the pain that you have or I always say to clients with the trauma it's about living with that trauma and you getting control over it not it getting control over it controlling your life and it's exactly that with grief you don't want the grief to consume your life but it's never going to go it's always going to show up same with any really difficult distressing experience that we have and I think that's also like a notion that we can lose sight of is because there is a lot of a lot of information on social media about healing and getting over things and you know getting past wounds and you know healing triggers and I'm like but there's some things that you are going to be triggered by probably for the rest of your life but if you know that then that in you are getting the power back and you are being so self-loving in that moment if you know what your triggers are. And when you notice that you're getting triggered, you give yourself the time and you honour how you're feeling. It's not always about closing the door and pushing it away like it never happened. And that's because we don't like to feel into our, our difficult like emotions. We just, in a way, expect that they'll go over time. But sometimes they don't and that's okay because... The other thing is life doesn't owe us anything and nobody said that life was easy. I think it's just this assumption that we create as humans because we are so afraid of death. And it's like when you realise that, that actually what if the meaning of life is the difficult moments as well? What if that's a part of the journey? And, you know, we're, we're just so focused on the positive, the positive experiences that it's like we don't, we don't want to give attention to the negative, but there's so much, like I said at the beginning, there's so much magic and profound power in those moments and those experiences. Profound power. <clears throat> I um, I've always, this is something that I've, I've, I've always had in the back of my head, but I've not quite been able to uh, convert into words yet. And it's that healing aspect of, of oh, I want to heal this. Great you know, that the term healing doesn't mean going backwards, <laughs> back to what you were like a year ago, two years ago, three years ago, six months ago, yesterday, whatever. It is moving forwards. And every day we change, every day we evolve, every day we're stepping forwards into this new person. And just like you said, this, this the trauma or the experience, well, whatever experiences you've gone through, it's just going to add to this person that you're molding into. And when you learn how to manage these experiences and managing the trauma, the triggers, sorry, you, you, can, you can gain so much peace. I think that's the word I'm looking for, peace, from when you have those down days. So you may still always have that roller coaster. That's just life, right? And before you might have started with the extreme highs and the extreme lows, but when you, you start healing in the sense of, 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 of letting go or accepting or forgiving or however, however that looks, just releasing, yeah. maybe, you move into yeah. this space of still lows, still highs, lows may be, you know, lower than you like, but I know that I need to be in this space. So it's just that piece of, I just going to forgive myself for being like this just going to shut the door and just whew, just be and I know that this is going to be where I'm going to be for however long and that is okay so there's that peace yeah. and that acceptance of that and then when you go back up to oh, I feel so much fresher and more released like, and that that's the beauty of life 
I feel. But it's hard to yeah. it's yes. hard to describe that. It's hard to get across that, especially with what I do. And and this is what I I share with my clients when they're more one to one because I feel that when my clients reach for me, they want answers. They want someone to say, this is what you're going to do next. These are the 10 steps. And that's where you're going to go. (laughs) That's what they need. But that's not what they're going to (laughs) get because you have the answers. I can't tell you what, what you need, but yet they only know that once they start looking inwards when they start letting go and you almost have that handheld support um and like it's okay you 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 I trust you you can trust yourself and it's that nurturance that can really help uh support and that's exactly you know the 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 help that you offer as well is that you're okay you know you're you're not weird you're not abnormal this is normal like I, I I understand yeah and I think that I think what we do in coaching though is like it's very hard to it's very hard to put into words isn't it because it is more a feeling that we provide because it's more of like a I guess for me and you it's more of a feeling every day that we experience that we're trying to teach people about so it is really hard to put that into words but it's like the program that I do the divine transformation I will just say to people like when I come on if I'm in launch mode and I talk about it and I'll say like I can't I'm not going to tell you what you get in terms of video content and what's all the behind the scenes it's the feeling that you get when you're in this eight-week container and then by like week three they're all like oh my god this is what you mean and then by week eight when it finishes they're like holy shit this is what you mean isn't it and I'm like yeah this is it and I can never ever ever get that across on a on a Instagram post for 15 seconds like I can't do that and I think it is it's people do want A to B because it's it's peace of mind and people are quite linear and they like to know what's coming next part of the journey is not knowing and it's it's part of it is complete surrender like last year good god I was like so high then smashed so low when I lost me nan, then come out of it again. And then back end of the year, I just declined massively, like my mental health, my energy, everything just like absolutely declined. And I had to surrender. I was like, okay, this is, it was like, I went through like a second phase of grief around like six months after losing her. Um, And I was just like, all I can do is just ride it out. I've just got to ride this wave. I've just got to keep waking up every single day. And yes, it's not pleasant to be in this space. And yes, it feels very consuming and it's very difficult. But now I've come out of it again. And I think the beauty about my Instagram is I'm unapologetic with that, like I said before. So I will, I'm not afraid to show those down days. I'm not afraid to come on camera and just talk openly. It's like therapy whilst I'm crying that for me doesn't make me I think also there's there's a there's quite a don't want to say the stigma but there's a there's expectations on being a coach that you have to have like you can't swear you've got to have your shit together you only show the nice things and I'm like I'm not here for that you know like I'm not here for that as a coach I'm unapologetic with who I am and if I'm going to talk about self-love you best believe I'm going to show the true journey with self-love because that for me is what my clients have coming like if they truly want to begin the process and and truly love themselves this is what you've got to come the good and the bad um and the amount of people that really 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 resonate with that is amazing Mm. that just see that authentic side of the journey there's so much pressure isn't there oh it's ridiculous isn't it it's (laughs) It's that, it's that perfectionism, like, oh, if we're the expert, then we need to show them that life can be perfect and that, you know, everything that I'm healing you on or helping you with or, you know, guiding you on, I've got it all sorted out. <laughs> yeah. But it's not like, no, clarity doesn't mean that you have answers. <laughs> it means that you're in a space of knowing that this step is the next step that this step is the next and that step and then that step it's not like oh I've got my 
my my whole shit together like I don't know what I'm doing and I still have those moments of like what am I doing with my life who what is it where am I going I don't know am I even talking to anyone what am I even saying but I know and I, I feel confident and that more at peace with those moments to be able to and the tools as well that I, that I share that I use to just help me support my support my growth through that time and the same with you it's it's so important I love that you share that on social it's still it's hard like I I haven't got to that space but I have it's very it's very hard for a lot of people though yeah. it's very very difficult and the like I've had coaches say to me like I just admire how raw and honest you are and you just don't care and I'm like no I don't care to really? be honest like but I think also it's um it's harder for me to be hide things and be unauthentic so I think that would have a bigger detriment to my business and me as a coach and because I struggle to keep things like that private um and I think as well just because I've been through a huge transformation journey and I've had people judge me like when I've been through experiences where I've been bullied and stuff and people when I was in sixth form and I've had throughout the first I'd say like 20 22 years of my life I'd say probably even longer than that people would just see me and automatically make assumptions about me and it that meant that I never had any friends for a long period of time people would just think I'm not a nice person because of the way that I looked and I really struggled with that for a long time so I think when I stepped into myself I was like don't care what anyone else thinks anymore because for so long I cared and for so long I was judged without opening my mouth and for so long people just would not give me a chance so now I'm just like myself and if people don't like it then it's fine or if people want to judge it then it's fine but I spend too long worried about what other people would think and trying to be this certain person and fit into this box and now I'm just like now I'm unapologetic and I'm doing that because it's what I deserve and it's who I am yeah inside I'm like <laughs> you're a cheerleader I love it it's so inspiring it's so it's so refreshing to see and so refreshing to hear. And I thought this is definitely like the new, you know, the new age, the new Aquarian way of being. It's, it's, that's you. End of. I'm me. Take it or leave it. And I'm going to share me however much, however I want to share me. <laughs> so, yeah, unfollow if you like, or you can, you know, I can help and inspire you to do the same. You've inspired me to do the same. You've inspired me. I've sort of said, I sort of said to myself the other day, I was like, I'm going to share, because when I get into my lows, I shut every, like, I can't even function, as in, it sounds quite extreme. To me, it's not, because I know me, and I know this space. Yeah. I know this space really well. But when I feel, I would say, in my winter phase, so not necessarily when I'm menstruating, but just when I'm just hibernating, like, my my mind is foggy. I can, I can't communicate that well. I don't want to see anyone. I literally don't even want to see my husband. I just shut myself in my room and that's it. So being on social media, I'm like, but in a way that that's the space that is important to share. So I sort of said, I sort of said to myself the other day that I'm going to be more open, even if it's taking a picture and just a few words or even just words. Like I don't even need to share my my face but those are the points just to normalize emotions isn't it it's just to normalize emotions so thank yeah. you for giving me the kick up the bum you're you can hold me you can hold me um accountable yeah I'll tag you in it I'll make sure I'll make sure but I wanted I wanted to ask you more about the um your past job when you worked as a prison officer because I know I listened to your podcast on that episode actually it was really really interesting and that was the first well you you described in the podcast that that was your first real reality check of experiencing people who have experienced trauma like real 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 horrific things how how did you, from going from being, oh, I'm so interested in crime and I'm so interested in this and I really want to learn and then placed in this, this job where 
you're tested and people are questioning your credibility and you're seeing people's pain like really in front of someone who's in pain like and you're very you would what 21 am I right in saying that at the time yeah I got into the work when I was about 21 yeah 21 that's that's a lot that's a lot to 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 deal with or try and try and hold space for um the the women that you were surrounded by the the women that went through um the prison system how did you how did you cope how did you support the women how did you support yourself like what was that experience like for you do you know what like I absolutely adored it like I just loved it so much um and I'm very grateful for the work and the past work that I've done I think honestly one of the wine downs on a Friday would be a bottle of wine like that was always a given just making sure I had that switch off time after the full week but I think I don't know because I wasn't obviously as switched on as I am now so when I think back to it I'm like how did I support those women like how did I do that at such a young age um and like I said in the podcast I was like very naive going into it and I just think it come back to just trying to be relation like trying to build a relationship with these women and just trying to make it known that I don't understand what you're going through however I'm still here to support you like I don't I can still be here as a support doesn't mean I have to fully understand what you're going through and I think it was just being persistent with that and just like continuously building bonds with people and just letting people see that I'm I'm here to help you and I think that job was a really big eye-opener because like I said in the podcast you know you're going into prisons and you're working with people who've just been just never been believed or never been given the time of day by anybody so they have walls and walls and walls up um but it's always about seeing past, especially when I was working with the women, it was always for me trying to see past the crime that had been committed and see the person for who they were. And I think that was a big experience, like a big eye, eye opener for me because, you know, when you're young, you very much do base people on appearances, don't you? And all the labels that are attached to people and then going into this space, I might have been doing one-on-one work with a woman who's committed murder, but then you hear about the backstory and you just develop this level of empathy because mm. you're just like, wow, you, there's just so many failings and there's so many things that have led you to this point. And it just really made me mature in that sense. It's like not everything that you see on the surface is the true reality. If you just get a snapshot of a crime, it's not the reality. But I also would say that was easier with the women. It wasn't that wasn't that easy with the men. Ah, interesting. What was, what was <laughs> yeah. the difference? Um, I don't really know I think I, I was dealing with a lot worse crime when I was working with men because I was dealing with the high risk males wasn't I so I was dealing with you know the worst of the worst people and I just think part of it was just the attitudes that underlie underlie the behaviour of men that I really struggled to look past because the attitudes for a lot of a lot of the time were just quite narcissistic and self-centered where like for women my experience of it was you know things had happened that is being a survival and there was always that that like sensitivity a lot of the time with the women like underneath all the hardness there was that like little pit of sensitivity that you could tap into where with male offenders there was none of that and I think mm. that was the difference mm. Interesting. I think going back to what you were saying about um, listening, listening, being heard. Yeah. Really links to when you last year, when you were, when you were grieving. Yeah. And people not feeling confident enough to share their experience. But I, I feel that's a lot to do with people not wanting to hear because what is it that I do? How can I support this person? There's nothing that can fix this, this situation. For example, you know, being a friend of yours when you were grieving, 
Mm. It's like, oh, I can't, I can't make this right. I can't bring your nan back. But predominantly it's just that space of being held and listened and acknowledged and it's okay, you know, just offload, just share whatever it is that you need to share. And it's the same for these women, you know, you you can't fix the system, but you can listen you can acknowledge them and you could be like, I can see you. I understand or I, 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 I try and understand and I empathize and, and that being heard and being listened to not, no advice. <laughs> no, this is what I feel you should do. What I think you should do. It's just, I'm, I see you. It's so powerful. It's way more powerful than anyone gives credit for. And yeah, so powerful. So powerful. And with the space that we're in with overload of information on social media and the internet, we don't need any more. <laughs> Sometimes we just need, can I just share this with you without giving, without any advice? I just want to share what I'm feeling and just say it. And it feels so much better, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. And that's interesting because I done a live with a woman from a it's like a mental health platform for women and she was saying that she she's experienced trauma and it was that week when the Sarah Everard case happened and she was having like a really down few days and she was like there was a level of uncomfortability discussing it with my partner because he felt like he needed to have the answers and she was like I felt like I needed them to do something and I said to her like that's the reason why communication breaks down when people are struggling because we have expectations associated with reaching out to people when the reality is there's there's no expectations. Sometimes it's just simply somebody giving us five minutes of their time, being present with us, listening to us, and then giving us a hug or a shoulder to cry on. And she was like, yeah, oh my God. She was like, my partner gets so uncomfortable when I'm in that space because he feels like he needs to have the answers. And I'm like, yeah, and he doesn't because there is no answers. And that's something that my partner is like, I always say, like, I know no one's, yeah, I'm a coach, I'm training to be a psychotherapist, like, no one's probably going to hold space for me the way I hold space in my life for other people, and that's fine, because I have a coach and I have a therapist, so I have people to hold that same level of space, and when I lost my man last year, he just didn't know what to do, absolutely, because he was like, if you if it goes wrong with you, I don't know what to do, Lydia, he's like, you're the person who has it all together and I think for a lot of women that's the role that we play in our relationships so um, our partners when we're struggling they're like oh my god I, I don't know how to fix it so it's just having communicating having a conversation with your partner saying you know when I'm in that space I don't need you to fix it I just simply need you to be present and like what you said just offer a shoulder just offer an ear and then I'll be fine I'll go away and I'll process it in my own time Mm-hmm. just yeah just say I, I really need to cry or I just need a cuddle and then yeah. gradually you know that other person will start understanding like my my partner goes everything all right it's, uh is this like an India <laughs> thing or is this a, a real thing and I'm like oh it's an India thing <laughs> and when he when he when he means that I'm just that I'm just in I just need to cry I just there's no like logical reason I'm just in that space and he's like, oh, where, where are we at here? And he's like, do you need a hug? And I'm like, nah, I just need to be on my own. Or I'll say, yeah. And, you know, he's just sussing the situation out. Um, I was going to say something, but I've completely slipped my mind. It was, um, it will come. But uh, thank you so much, Lydia. It's been so, so inspiring and insightful and I, I've learned a lot and, and you've inspired me massively and I know that the listeners will be inspired too. So thank you for sharing your wisdom. Thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. Oh, I can't forget to ask you, uh, because it's Spiritual Soaps, your Spiritual Soap Opera, what has been your most recent drama and how have you overcome it? The Wi-Fi going off. I had a feeling it would be that. <laughs> oh my god, it wasn't gonna be that, but there you go. The universe has given us something. How did I overcome it? Just you know what? That's a really good 
good situation to have in there because I could have spiraled and my anxiety and the stress level could have been through the roof. And I just took a deep breath and I was like, I'll get back on the call. Like it is what it is. You're working from home and don't sweat the small stuff. So that's how I overcome it. Love that. At the end of the day, worst case scenario, we reschedule. <laughs> yeah, it's just Fine. It's not a big deal, is it really? Yeah. But that was me drama from today. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank um, you. How is it? How can um how can the listeners find you? So you can find me on Instagram. I am at selflove.lydia. I'm sure I'll be tagged in the stuff if you're struggling to find me. And yeah, you could, that's probably the best place to find me. So you can get links to like podcast episodes on there, ways to work with me and some empowering content. So that's the best way to reach out to me. Amazing. And what was your podcast called again? It's called Little Girls Aren't Taught This. That's it. That's it. Go check the podcast out. Self-love podcast. Yeah, very important because as we're you know we may raise the next generation it's it's important to pass that knowledge on isn't it so yeah I've really enjoyed your podcast (laughs) oh glad thank you for listening to them oh well have a fabulous rest of day and thank you so much thank you Thank you for joining me in today's episode. If you've taken lots of insights from the discussions, please make sure you leave a review so I can keep the podcast flowing. Uh, Pop your Instagram handle in there too, so I can visit your page to say thank you. I may even send out a few lucky listeners a thank you prize. Keep your friends updated also by sharing spiritual soaps with them. Let's keep this healthy conversation flowing. If you're not already following me on social media, you can join my community uh, for more spiritual tips and inspiration through my Instagram page at the energy coach underscore. Feel free to tag me in all your revelations. I love hearing them. You can also visit my website, www.the-energycoach.com to find my soul alignment healing programs. And I've got some freebies on there too. I cannot wait to connect with you in the next juicy episode. In the meantime, if you'd like to be on the podcast or you have any questions you'd like me to discuss on Spiritual Soap, please reach out. Keep doing what you're doing, my love, and be kind along the way. This is your soul's magic communicating and shining from within. Okay, that's it for now. Love you, bye.